This episode is sponsored by Circle K. Get the most savings on every gallon when you fuel with the Circle K Fleet Card. Learn more at CircleKFleetCards.com. Welcome to Faces of Fleet, an interview series from WorkTruck, where we take a more personal look at the many interesting people in Fleet and some of the experiences that helped shape them into who they are today. Before we get started, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode. I'm Lauren Fletcher, Executive Editor of WorkTruck, and today I'm chatting with Lance Gee, CEO and founder of Earth Cruiser Overland Vehicles. Lance founded Earth Cruiser in 2009 in Australia and have forged the company in Bend, Oregon in 2013 with Michelle Bolts. He has a passion for overlanding and the vehicles that make it happen. Through the years I've been covering Earth Cruiser, one of my favorite quotes from this Australian-born force of nature is, I like finding problems to solve. So let's get started and find out more from Lance about his passion for solving problems, overlanding, and his new core lineup. Welcome, Lance. G'day. Thanks for having us. This is fabulous. So, I'm so excited. <laughs> so this is great. Look, your support is just phenomenal. So thank you. It really, it really matters to little companies like us. The stuff that you do is huge. So from all of us, thank you. Thank you. Um, so how on earth did you get into overlanding in the first place? Oh, we just love to travel. We always have. I mean, you know, very story short, you know, we... As kids, we just traveled everywhere. Um, my dad, he traveled a lot for work. So we just, you know, as kids, we just got chucked in the back of the car and it doesn't really matter. You're going to, and that's all there is to it. And so that was great. So always wanting to know what's on the other side of the road or on the other side of the hill. I don't know anything else. I love it. Uh, what is one of your most memorable moments from overlanding? Uh, it's always the next one. Honestly, it really is. I mean, you know, it is so true, right? We, ne we never remember the years, it, it, years. We only remember the moments. And it, it's funny that some of the stories we like to tell, you know, you, how you got stuck and you were chased by crocodiles and all this stuff. And, you know, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that's all part of it. But sometimes for me, it's just those moments when you just are in somewhere that you've heard about, read about, and you just take a moment, take a breath and go, I'm here. You know, I don't know if many people's stories include being chased by crocodiles. Um, so that sounds pretty interesting right there. I've been chased by crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> so where did the vision and idea for Earth Cruiser actually come from? It, it, it was exactly that. I mean, you know, Michelle and I, we met in a Malaysian jungle. You know, we, we're those people that really just like to do stuff like that, you know. And, and so, you know, we, we both have traveling, um, you know, backgrounds in different ways but um knowing you know traveling by planes great traveling by boats great all that but when you travel by vehicle you, you can set the pace differently you know what i mean and so we really enjoy that style of travel and, and that doesn't mean you know be the most miserable off-road that, that's not what that means it means that we have more control over where we want to go within reason and how how long we want to stay there so a big reason, a big um, limiting factor of how long you want to stay there or can stay there is some of the basics of life, food and water and shelter. And so where Earth Cruiser come from, in a nutshell, you know, we've had plenty of times in Nissan patrols and land cruisers, all that. But they have limiting factor of how much they can actually carry, which is the exact equivalent how long you can stay in that particular place without having to forage and 
carry on. So that's where Earth Cruiser came from. We were looking for a platform that could essentially carry more um, water, fuel, food, comfort that still had the off-road ability. And my background in the off-roading stuff and, you know, and with, um, fooling around with fire trucks, fooling around with doing different, you know, in the transport industry led us straight to the light cab over four drive truck. It was it made perfect sense. So that's where Earth Cruiser came from. It was just very simply, uh, we had a problem, we're looking for a solution and, uh, and that we, we couldn't buy one. So we made one and that it was just that simple. Which is not an un unusual story, really, right? I mean, you know, how often, particularly in the transport industry, you know, a customer has a problem. I need to move this from here to there, and there's not a, a piece of equipment available. So, what does the transport industry do? It figures it out. I mean, nothing, no, no change there, is there really? <laughs> no, but I think your end result ended up being pretty darn awesome. Um... Oh, we, we, thank you. We like it. Yeah. <laughs> and so how did you end up from Australia um, over here in Bend, Oregon? Uh, dead simple is uh, my, my wife, Michelle's American, and um, she's, it's really important that she spent some time with her family, spent a long time in Australia. Um, and so it was just really super important that Michelle spent some time with her family. So CORE, mm -hmm. where does CORE come into the Earth Cruiser equation? Can you tell us a little bit more about how that idea was born? Sure. When Fuso left the US market and there was no more four-wheel drive truck for us to build our um, recreational vehicles on, uh, it's been something we've wanted to do for a long time is the, um, whether it be for the, uh, the mining sector, whether it be again for people to build their own DIY dream machines on, for us to be able to build a ground up four-wheel drive cab over truck was just a an opportunity we couldn't miss. And that is where core, that's what core is. So um, having the opportunity to put all of our collective experience uh, into building a purpose-built four-wheel drive cab over truck, uh, we just had to do it. So that's where core came from. It, it wasn't that we said, you know, we can do it better than anybody else. It was that when Fuso left the US market, we had no four-wheel drive truck. We had a simple choice. We could, well, we, I guess we don't do that anymore, or we see this as opportunity to put our collective experience into building something. And that's exactly what we did. And so now CORE is definitely taking on a life of its own as a four-wheel drive truck. We, now we're using the um, Isuzu and also, as, as you know, also sold under the Chevy badge. So now we have a legitimate four-wheel drive truck that's made in Bend, Oregon. And of course we use it for our recreational customers, but now a life of its own for commercial applications. So for us, that's really exciting. So we rather than had to, rather, rather than having to, you know, put big, bigger wheels on the Fuso, now our core truck comes standard with big wheels. It's federally tested. It's, it's, it's uh, a road legal. It's just a little out. You've driven it. Can't, yes, you can't yes. tell me it's not a ton of fun. Oh, it was a blast. I had a chance to drive that truck um, and uh, it was incredibly capable. Um, went some places I never thought I would see uh, a Suzu cab over going. So that was amazing. Isn't it great? And so, so yeah, so that, that's really where it came from is that we saw, we had, an, we had a need for ourselves, but we also realized there's a lot of people out there that have something to, that needs to get from one side of the hill to the other. And there really wasn't too much out there that could do it, you know, with that, that footprint. And so, yeah, that's where core came from. It's purely a collective of experience and knowing that there's a need for this type of application. 
Um, you pride yourself on giving back to your communities. Uh, can you share a little bit more about how you do that? Uh, that that's just not me. I mean, that's our entire organization. I mean, the all of us, I think, feel the same way here. I mean, I, it, it, it's it takes a village, right? You know, um, as much as we practically can, we rather give a kid a job in this town rather than rather than somewhere else. So as much as we practically can, we try to buy as many local products as we absolutely can using small manufacturers like us as much as we can. Uh, we have a wonderful relationship with a local university. You'll always have, you know, when you come to visit, you'll always see, you know, high, uh, university um, interns here all the time because it really matters. And it, it's definitely not a one-way street. You know, they're super smart people doing really, really fabulous things. Learn from them every day. You know what I mean? It's, it's absolutely a two-way street. And, you know, before this, COVID and you know, all that other nonsense. It, it was wonderful seeing high school students come through all of the time. You know, it used to be high school Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we would have groups of high school students. Same thing, you know, you know, those young kids are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. And some of them are manufacturing, whatever that means, if it's engineering, if it's fabrication. Um, some of them, that's a really good a career path for them but if they don't get to work in walk inside a real workshop that actually makes stuff and talk to people who are actually making it how will they ever know if that's a good career for them so for us having the opportunity to talk to these kids and that they spend some time with their engineers they spend some time with the the folks on the floor it really gives them just a glimpse to go this is a terrible idea or they go yeah i can see myself doing this you know what I mean? And so so it's not just us. And I know lots of small companies like us do it. And it really does make a difference. You know, it's 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 really gratifying. Uh, well, actually, for our customers, too. You know, um, our vehicles are unique. That's great. You know, people see them and go, that's pretty terrific. And a number of times, feedback from our customers said, oh, listen, we were at so-and-so place somewhere. And this you know, young person come up and go, oh, yeah. I interned at Earth Crusade. These guys are great. But what that does to our customer, they go, yeah, I spent my money with an organization that actually cares. There's a lot of value to that. It's never going to show up on your balance sheet. But I think we have collectively an, a responsibility to, to do what we can. I really do. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, since you've started working more with fleets um, beyond just uh, individuals looking to DIY, mm -hmm. are there any lessons that you've learned on that experience? Uh, um, my background is more in fleet anyway. You know, I um, that, that's my happy place actually. I, I do, I, I really do get that very much. The you know the overland traveling, um, you know, I guess that's tribal for me if you will but as far as understanding that the the importance of that piece of equipment to that operator i i do i understand that because i know what it's like to be i know what it's like to be that truck driver i know what it's like to be that tow truck driver i know what it's like to do those late night recoveries because i've done them and yeah no no that's absolutely my happy place so if you, there is not a single thing that we did today that didn't arrive on the back of a truck. If you put fuel in your car, food on the table, built a house, it arrived somehow or another on the back of a truck. And that's all there is to it. It didn't matter if it's a big truck, a little truck, doesn't matter. It was on the back of a truck. 
And the people who, in my humble opinion, who operate those vehicles, they take a lot of pride in what they do. And I absolutely recognize that. So yeah, no, no, I'm there, like 100%. That's awesome. And kind of tying this all back up to the beginning again, how does your passion for finding problems to solve drive what you do every day? Because uh, I'm just never satisfied. I don't know. There's something, I don't know, I knew you have to go talk to somebody. But, you know, <laughs> there, there's, there's always a way, you know what I mean? There's just, there's just always is. There's always one more thing you can do. It's never, it's never that's it. You know, no way. You know, there's always one, the, the classic, right? When Fuso left the US market, our people never blinked. They go, okay, I guess we're making our own now. That was it. It was, that's all there was to it. No, we didn't get, we didn't go looking for the problem, but we absolutely went looking for the solution. And it's turned out phenomenally fantastic. I love it. Lance, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today and share a little bit about your past experiences. Thank you. We really appreciate it. For anyone interested in learning more about Earth Cruiser and Core, or if you want to watch more episodes of Faces of Fleet or Truck Chat, check out the links below. As always, thanks for tuning in. Hit that like button and comment below to let me know who I should be chatting with next. And be on the lookout for more episodes of Truck Chat coming soon, where I'll continue to focus on the people and the issues that matter most to work truck fleets. Thanks. Thanks.